episode number 153 of the Tartan Running Shorts podcast, hosted by Tom Bryan and myself, Kyle Gregg. So, Tommy, as always, uh, I always give you a wee update, listeners, of where and what Tommy's doing. And uh, I- I'm not going to say what he's doing this time because, uh, you know, he's, he's not at home. He's not outside. He's hard at work. Um, but he's, he's taking a wee break to to chat to his good old friend Kylie Babes but I tell you what boy oh boy there's that's a view one can't uh, shy away from me eh? holy moly that, that that beats the 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 usual background of Tommy's pants that's for sure good evening Kyle yeah I'm still in the office at the moment and it's uh I mean I'm actually I'm in Ladefonce at the moment so Kyle's getting the the, the view out the office window here, which is he's, he's essentially getting, Paris's Canary Wharf, for those of you who don't know La France. He's getting the view, but he's not getting the temperature, that's for sure. You know what? It's cooler today. It was roasting, absolutely roasting over the weekend, unbearably hot, you know, 30 plus. But it, today it's been cloudy and it's cooled down quite a bit. So I was riding into work and it was quite a nice, cool temperature. It's good. And, and when you're talking about cool temperatures, what's the, what is a cool temperature in Paris at the moment? Yeah. Like 20. 20, of course. No, but, oh, you, but honestly, that sounds so like oh. uh, I'm roll, you, I, you're just understandably justified to roll your eyes at me there. But it's funny how you get you get so used to it. Like it's sort of, I would say above 25, I find I find hot, really hot. Above 30, I find unbearable still. And that was the case before. But low 20s, I can kind of it just I can I'm starting to get to live with it because it's kind of like that a lot of the time now. Um, oh, brilliant. Well, but, yeah. Well, we as as I say, you know, Tommy's given up his break to speak to me and to provide a show for the break. This council's break is six thirty p.m. <laughs> this is not a break. This I'm going home after this. He's not even. He's, he's he's staying late, not even to see his wife. He's he's staying late to see Kyle. <laughs> oh, people, hey, geez, no. Well, this isn't going to go down well. Sorry, I, people in the corner think I'm working. They think I'm full of late shift. <laughs> Staying late to work, eh? Yeah, sacrificing his his post work run at the moment. Jeez. Well, absolutely. Actually, so let's more importantly this week with it being a Monday, we need to get we want to get it out early, get it scheduling because this is the big race week. Well, this is enough about me. Kbe is competing for Scotland at the hundred k this week. Well, well, that's true, but we also have a special guest. In fact, we have two special guests on this week, don't we? Or is it one? We've we we've rec- we've recorded we've so we've just we've just come off speaking to uh, one of our favourite runners on the circuit, Steph Davis, which is a fantastic performance at the, at the Olympics. So Steph's on this week. We we're speaking to Jess uh, Piasecki, someone else we're a big fan of. Uh, Jess, you had her own great podcast. Check that out. So Jess, if we can get that recorded in time, we'll be on. If not, it'll be it'll be next week. Yeah. So there you go. So you're gonna have you know. One elite runner, uh, at least anyway, that's for sure. But uh, but yeah, I mean, um, the Anglo Celtic plate is this Saturday. Taper time, as as we as we we would like to call it. Taper time is my favourite week. Uh, people dread oh. the taper, but I quite like it because you know you're not having, especially being an ultra runner, you don't have to run for for miles and miles. You can just you know take it easy. But yeah, I've said this a few times pre, you know, um, when we're talking about one of my races, my upcoming races of on that week is the mileage. I mean, I remember UTMB, the mileage would have been at least 104 miles, but you do a few miles before that. So, but guaranteed, providing that I, I start the race, Tommy, and finish the race, I'm going to at least do a, have a 62.25 mile week this week. So nice. That's uh, solid. That's good. yeah, you're you're gonna you're you're gonna run more on the weekend than I did last week. <laughs> <laughs> Come back on. Well, do you know though, Kyle? You touched before we get into then the race prep and the race week. You touched on something there. I'm keen to hear about your taper, but I'm completely agreement with you. This notion of people who oh, I hate the taper, I just want to go out for a run. I think those people are lying. Honestly, like I I am, uh, you know, I I love running. Don't get me wrong, but you know, everyone's world life is busy enough as it is that sometimes. To only during the week, only have to go out for like 10k is quite yeah. nice, you know. And I think, especially you hit the nail on the head, you're an ultra runner, you, you know, that this weekend, I, in fact, tell us about your taper. What, how, how long did you go on the weekend there? So, this weekend, I ran, um, I basically have been doing a, a kind of lo- a couple of longer runs, fasted at 100k or faster pace. So, I did a 50 mile run, um, 
on Tuesday, Tuesday or Wednesday, and that was like just a little bit faster than 100k pace, and it was a bit hilly, and, and that felt all right, and then at the weekend, I ran like 14 miles fasted again, just to try and just to try and spare my carbs and get used to burning fat as I'm running, because that's going to be the, you know, the main source I'll need for the the, the race on at the weekend, um, and obviously there'll be carbohydrate, you know, I can chat about, I can chat about that as well, Um but yeah, I mean, the last week it was just under eighty mile week, which some people might th- th- think that's a big week for a taper, but um, not necessarily when you're an ultra runner. It's not that bad. It wasn't all high intensity, fast, you know, anaerobic type uh, sessions. It was all, you know, nothing really fast in six minute miles. Which, you know, given that my my target pace is going to be in the region of six thirty five to six forty per mile, so it's um. It's yeah, it's it's feeling quite good. Um, so yeah, like I said, fourteen miles on the Saturday, ten miles on the Sunday, uh, and today you know, the start of a nice easy six miler, and then tomorrow will be there'll be a ten mile sort of tempo. I say tempo, it'll be sort of a, again around about the sort of hundred k mark, maybe a little bit quicker than that, about six and a half minute miles for ten miles fasted again. Um, first thing in the morning and uh and i'll be ready to roll you know and thursday wednesday will just be another easy six miles thursday sorry is that yeah thursday will just be a, a few miles easy and and that's me no running How, on the friday what what i'm interested in someone who's never done a an ultra i'm interested about this you know race pace because if i take a the week of a 5k to run a, to run a, a k at race pace that's still bloody hard yeah it's a yeah. it's an effort week of a marathon to run a mile run mile three miles at marathon paces it feels really controlled within me but you've got to you've got to make the effort you've got to go to it for you a 100k race pace how does that feel this stage is that like that must be i mean you could you would run that in an easy run if you just got a little bit carried away sometimes it is it's it's a funny thing because even in your training you you never know and this is the thing about 100k racing you could be running really really well you know, at 30, 40 miles and you'll find, oh man, I'm hitting 640 a mile, no problem, or 630 a mile, whatever your pace is. But that 21, 22 miles of extra, that's where it really, that's where the race starts. Um, mm-hmm. And that's that's going to be the real, yeah, that's going to be the real issue. How well can you cope in the last 22 miles? How can, how the slowest person, you know, the, I've got a lot of crying behind me. <laughs> I love it. We start talking the minute you start talking about getting hard, and baby starts crying. That's it. I, I'm just gonna. I might have to check to see if everyone's okay, but I'll just finish my last sentence here. But, um, but yeah, yeah. I think the the person who slows down the least is probably going to be the winner in the race. Because uh, I think the type of race it is, there's been less races on the calendar. Um, who can keep their head the best is going to be the key, I think. Um, so, you know, I, we were just chatting away with Steph Davis there and her strategy, her visualization strategy, which is really impressive, was mm-hmm. um, was was actually quite quite interesting and something I think I'll, I'll definitely take on board. Um, but one thing I'm going to do is uh, I'm going to get, a, I'm going to write a big L on my hand, Tommy. Just a big, massive L on my hand. Not because I'm a loser. I was gonna say a reminder that you're a reminder. Don't be a loser. Yeah, don't be a loser as well. But also because Lennox and Logan as well. So every time I look, because they're not coming to the race because of the just COVID and you know the, the 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 hurdles that you have to overcome to get there. And I tell you what, it's not it's not it's for for me anyway. It's uh, and for the team, it's not easy to get anywhere anymore like yeah. you've got tell, in, tell, tell me about it <laughs> yeah, I, know, I was gonna say you know find well what that's like um i mean obviously you need to get a double vaccination certificate you need to request a paper copy you need to uh obviously you need to get your euros and you need to you've got to fill out this other form and it, you've it's just a nightmare so um but i think i'm all and even things like your fueling like having your fueling um you can't just put in your hand luggage because there's that much seven hours of fueling. So you've got your gels, you've got your liquid. So we've bait the, the team, the Scottish, the Scottish team have purchased a couple of bags for the holdall. Um, and we'll just, you know, throw all our fuel in there and just, you know, see what, 
hopefully it'll, it'll arrive in time. But I tell you what, one thing I'll be taking is I'll be putting my my, my pogo sticks in I was my back. In the office. I thought you were going to wait. I, I wouldn't be surprised if you wore them, the alphas, oh, on the flight, no. just to be sure, in case someone pinches your back. <laughs> there is that as well. Eh? So, aye, but it'll be fine. So. So what? So tell us about your travel plans then. You're uh, you're heading. The race is on Saturday, right? So yeah, the race is on Saturday. So I'm I'm heading to Edinburgh Airport on the Friday morning. Uh, you know, we'll catch a team at the the airport, and uh, we fly. I think at two p.m. ish. Should really check these details out. The finer details, uh, and then we yeah we we get into the to Dublin. The race is uh, at it's Mandela Race Track, so it's a few yeah a bit. 15 miles away so we get the taxi to the the complex um with the student accommodation and uh it's maybe fancy student accommodation so hopefully i don't have a a cardboard box bed huh. better accommodation than steph had <laughs> hopefully that'll be hopefully one good thing about our, the prep um but who knows uh and then the race starts at 9 a.m which i think is quite late but yeah it is what especially for an ultra um Looking at the weather forecast, the last time I checked, uh, it was about 18 degrees, chance of thunder and lightning. Humidity was about 88% or something. So it can all change, mind you. But the, the difference this from this time around into, you know, compared to last time was um, the ACP race was in Perth in March. So I think it's going to be a lot warmer. Well, it is going to be a lot warmer. Um, so there's going definitely going to be a lot more um, need to requirement for hydration and uh, electrolytes and all that kind of stuff. So um, yeah, just have to. But as I said, you know, I've got a good, I've got a, a, a fairly decent fueling strategy going into the race. Um, I'll be trying to hit around about sixty grams of carbohydrates per hour. Um, in one every one at one one sort of. Yeah, yeah. Once every hour, I take a caffeinated gel as well, uh, just to top up that supply. And in 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 amongst that, obviously, just hydrate to to thirst and make sure that I'm hydrating really well. The course itself, it's a uh, it's a one point eight kilometer lap. So, how many laps is that, Tommy? Oof, what about eighty? How many? How one point eight? One point eight, eighty. I suppose. Oh, what am I Fifty six laps. Sorry, bad maths for me. Yeah, if it's a hundred k, you're racing. Up. Yeah, fifty five laps. There you go. Easy money. Yeah, fifty five and a half laps. If you want it to be. Uh... Yeah. So, so I think uh, yeah, it's it's good because obviously, like a lot of the ultra races, you do you you tend to be going point to point or waiting for an aid station like X number of miles away. But at least you know you've got fuel in every every basically every mile really, which mm-hmm. is. Which is quite good, quite promising, um, and you know we we've, we got all the details of of the the schedule, um, and uh, yeah, we've we've got Adrian Stott and Debbie Martin Kinsani who are the the team managers, which is going to be really good, um, and uh, and and yeah, Debbie's going to be supporting me and my feeling and making sure that I didn't fash myself. So I'm looking forward to to Debbie cheering me on and Debbie and her. In our set, in, in our own right, as a as mm-hmm. a legendary ultra runner, so it's it's quite um it's quite motivating to be supported by someone like Debbie. Uh, so I think that'll definitely keep me motivated as well. Um, but just an up, you know, just to obviously just another uh, reminder of who the team is. So the Scotland men, we have our man uh, Rob Turner, uh, who is former British ultra, you know, British hundred kilometer champion, second the two years ago. So he's, he's going to be in the team. Rico, our man, Rico, Chris Rico, Richardson, Rico, Jason Kelly. So that's two. We've got three Metro representatives, representatives at the race in the Scotland team. But we've also got our man, old man, Dave, who's going to be repping the, the, the Northern Ireland uh, vest. So I'm looking forward to, you know, that's four metros taking part in the, the event at least. So that'll be really good to, to see them and, and to support those guys. And hopefully everyone does really well. Uh, and yeah, so that's the Scotland men's team. We actually did have Nicky Johnston who was going to be running, but he sadly had to re- withdraw because of an injury. Oh, uh, no. 
think he's getting back back into running. Just didn't uh, get to the fitness he, he wanted to go to before the race. But uh, yeah, so there's four in the team. And uh, yeah, for the Scotland women, we have Joe Murphy, who's making the return to the race. Alison McGill, uh, who's, who's also running. I think it's her first time. Morgan Windrum Jeds, um, who are both from Fife, Fife Athletics Club. Uh, and uh, yeah, Nikki Gibson as well, NYC, who's a, an avid listener of the show too. So um, yeah, it'd be great to get those guys on, uh, you know, after the race to tell them about their own individual experiences and you know that I'm sure everyone had a slightly different approach and perception of it. So, uh, yeah, yeah, it's it's going to be good to catch up with the team and. Um, you yeah, get, I, I, what's your feeling apart from uh, Guinness afterwards? Well, I mean that's the thing. Our our, our race, uh, you know, our race will finish around about the the five six. Uh, I hope not five p.m. Open quicker than that. Uh, Four p.m. and you know obviously perfect the, straight uh, to the pub. Well, but but the following day we have um, we've got a, our, our our flight leaves at seven a.m. Oh, that is rookie look at rookie logistics. I hope that's the only flight of the day. But, well, there's one at like nine p.m. or something. But I mean, you mm. know, that means I'm, I'm I won't get home until God knows Monday morning or something. You know, uh, so I don't know what to do. I don't know if I should you know have an all nighter, a, a COVID all nighter. You know, face mask on. But vaccinations. If you, if you if you go for an all nighter, you're not making your flight. <laughs> I'm just, well, I mean, I've, I've seen you. I've seen you perform on a night out. <laughs> I I mean, obviously, I've got to be sensible. I'm wearing the Scotland colours, so uh, got to it was, be my best behaviour. Do you know? I was uh, I was like, we were planning some trips in Alston, and some photos came out, and I was looking at my own Google photos of like Shamley and stuff, and it came up with a picture. Uh, from the uh, from the after part, from it wasn't even the after part. We just out for a few drinks after UTMB the next day with uh, so us Ian Beatty, um, who else was there? Uh, Ian's other half, of course. Um, yeah, yeah. Sandra yeah. was there, and there was anyway. There was a bunch of a but there was a this is terrible. I can't remember the is it Sharon as well. Sharon, oh, yeah, one yeah, of the, the sort yeah. of a British uh, Scottish contingent. So anyway, big group of people. Yeah, and it just reminded me of like that sort of then knowing the state you were in, trying to get and you were you made it. Don't get it wrong, but you were they were both a bit worse for wear. But you oh. were also chronically dehydrated from the, from the UTMB. So oh, good time, good times, memories. Oh, they were, <laughs> memories, yeah. I mean, that, that's not that long ago. That's like two years ago in two weeks' time. I know it's yeah. crazy, but I think anyway. But back on the race, so f- fueling then. What's the you've got? You mentioned that Debbie's going to be supporting you on the. The fueling, have you got a plan in place? Uh, same with pacing. Have you got is it just run at the race pace? Or are you going to introduce a couple of any surging? Are you going to pick it up? Or how does it what's the plan? There's there's going to be no surging, none of that, none of that stuff. For an ultra, I think it's a bit daft to be, you know, I, I know some people might might argue other, otherwise, but for a race that's so metronomic, ideally you want it to be as metronomic as you can. Um, I'm just going to go off at a target pace around about the 635 per mile um which i think is going to be you know it'll feel easy should it should feel easy for the first few hours um and it's a case of how easy will it will it last uh and and it's just for me anyway i i know if my hip doesn't hurt if i can get out you know if my hip doesn't cause me any issues i can just i know i'll be able to keep going at that pace it's uh it's, it's just that's the only limitation for me is knowing like the pain in my hip I get now and again, which I've had for years now. Uh, I keep, you know, every episode I, I moan about it. If that's, if that bides away, bides its time, you know, until after the race, then I'll be fine. I know I'll be absolutely fine. Um, but I've, I've been getting, um, I've been lucky enough to be getting some massage from Claire Davis Kelly, who's a, a local massage therapist in Afford and she's been giving me some you know just some advice and uh yeah just loosening that area off and um I've just been doing some more stretch and I've got my gun again Tommy I've got my, my massage gun be taking that with me I, tell, I don't know what the rules are for you know holding shit, it while shit. I'm running you know shit just yeah, got like, serious right in there again you know so <laughs> I, I'll be taking that I don't know where if it'll get through customs but it's always worth trying these things 
That's uh, well, it sounds it's all come together. And how you, and um, yeah, no, it's, it's it's just interesting. What about the rest of the field? Have you got much idea about? Obviously, you guys are going there to compete for Scotland. Do you know what the rest of the who you're? I mean, apart from Dave and the Northern Iron uh, squad, do we know much else about the the England or Welsh teams that you're lining up against? I don't actually know much about anyone, you know, other than the team, our own team, and and you know what their sort of aspirations and expectations are. Um, but do you know what? Like, I'm not that bothered. You know, I'm I'm just I'm going there to to run as quick as I can. And as Steph said, you know, she focused on she focused on her own race. You know, it's a team event. As you're running as a team, but you're running individually. And I think you have to run individually to to run for the team. If that makes sense, probably doesn't. But if no, you, I think it, I think it does, it does. But I mean, I guess if the, the faster you'll run, the the more likely you are to to medal and, and do well as a team. Um, so I think you know it's a funny. I always find it a funny one when you say, unless you're like in a triathlon or you know you're you're pacing someone, but you can't really do that in, in ultra running. But you can work together and and you know support each other as you're going round. And that we you know Rob and I did that two years ago when we're running kind of you know we're kind of taking turns at the front when in, in, into the wind and each lap so that was quite good that might that might happen again um but you know I'm just going to run my own race and and just have my own strategy and not get carried away with anything else so but it'll be I'm just I said I think I said this before I'm just so fortunate to be able to be able to line up at a start like a start line again and be able to you know the opportunity to run in Scotland kit again and it's you know, there's not that many of these these experiences left for old man Greg. I don't think so. Well, well hopefully, hopefully there is, but who knows? Who knows what will happen in the future? You should enjoy them all like they last. Exactly. That's a, a good way to live. Well, well I'm I'm really excited for you, mate. I'm super I'm super excited to see to catch up next weekend, and I'm I'm going to be giving you a phone call on Saturday afternoon to find out how it's going and how you felt. But what about the um, what about the gosh, I'm blanking there. The Pass. I've, I've <laughs> absolutely, I've absolutely forgotten about that. Um, <laughs> move on, move on. I don't know where, I don't know where I was going there. I don't know well, where I was going. Well, not well. Let's let's pass the buck here. Let me interview you now uh, before we got, get on the results and get the hell out of here because Tommy needs Tommy needs to go for a run, a run home and see his wife. So, um, so yeah. Well, what's happening with you then? Where are you at just now? <laughs> I can in about thirty seconds. I'm I'm on the way. I'm coming back. I mean, the knees the knees easing back in. It's I've got sixteen weeks today or yesterday till Valencia. So I'll be I think I'm in the right direction. Uh, bumping the mileage. Got up to just over fifty miles last week. So we're we're coming back and we'll be just. I'm just lacking a bit of fitness to be honest. Uh, I'm really feeling it at the minute. So I need to get. I need to. Uh, I just need to get back on it. But nothing. Uh, nothing interesting. I'm really gutted actually. That week on Sunday is. Uh, is Antrim, which I'm not going to be able to run, which is super sad. So I was speaking to James a couple weeks, James McAvoy a couple weeks ago and just said to me, I'm not going to be traveling, which is really quite sad because that's a great event. Um but I've got a few I've got a few events in the in the coming months that I'm gonna hopefully jump into. Uh Paris half maybe just even just as a long run, run it easy just to run it. It's in about three weeks time. And then then I've got a big half in the lined up for November and then all going well Valencia December so we're it's uh it's all good all good here brilliant well I'm glad to hear it so yeah I mean yeah it's sad that you can't get to Antrim because uh it would have been good for us to be repping there but hopefully next year we can we can jump in all you know all you know all, all fours as as <laughs> so to speak hopefully at the hopefully at the after party um Absolutely. One, you know, one guy, uh, I know Keith Black, uh, one of the listeners of the show, he's running it and I'm looking forward to seeing how he gets on with his half marathon performance as well. I think he's in PB shape to run a quick time there. But yeah, it'd be good to get him back on anyway, just to see the lineup because, you, you know, see who, who's racing and, and, uh, yeah. and how watch the event as well. So it'd be good. So as Kyle mentioned, this week we've got Steph Davis joining us. So Steph, who's been on the podcast a couple of times before, we were big fans of Steph. Steph uh, did herself and Team GB incredibly proud of the, at the Olympics. So here is Steph Davis, Olympian.
And last time we spoke to you, you were, you were soon to be an Olympian. Now you're an Olympian, Steph Davis. How amazing is that? Yeah, it's just mad. It really is mad. And like the in the build, I guess I always was just thinking, I need to just get there and finish so I can say I'm an Olympian. That was like the <laughs> ultimate goal. Amazing. Yeah, amazing. <laughs> How was the? I mean, the, so the prep when we when we spoke to you after the after you just smashed the trial. How was that for you? So you say you're you know just wanted to make it. How was that prep? Were you doing more? Uh, we I think you went on some camps. We saw was that how was it feeling like you were training for the Olympics? Yeah, so I did. I went to Mallorca to because the heat was obviously the main thing um, that we were thinking about, and just trying to like rest after Q and then get back into the same sort of shape, and then factor in the heat prep. So we went to Mallorca for three weeks in the end um, to kind of do some heat acclimation. And my coach and I had kind of planned all my training from kind of start to finish. And I was aware that some things need to get moved around as you do. But um, I had everything I knew what I was doing. And then obviously the day before Mallorca, my hamstring started niggling. And um, for the first kind of week, 10 days, I didn't do any running. <laughs> so um, I was outside a lot on the bike um, trying to figure out what, it was hamstring tendonitis in the end, but um, at the time we weren't kind of sure what it was. So I was out for about 10 days, just cross training. Luckily I could do that. So I wasn't like out of action completely, mm-hmm. but it did kind of throw the plans a bit. Um, I thought I was going to be doing like loads and loads of running in the heat and that didn't quite materialize. So it's just the ups and downs of marathon training, isn't it? And obviously it came mm-hmm. at the worst time because going away. But then thankfully when I came back to the UK, we had that heat wave. So then I felt I was able to then kind of continue some of the training. I mean, it was mega hot in London. It was in the, mm-hmm. in the early 30s. So, so that was handy and kind of well-timed by accident. Um, so then going into the race, the heat was something that was really on my mind because I felt not maybe as confident running in it because I hadn't done as many kind of maybe meaty sessions as I would have liked. Mm-hmm. So mentally, I was like, I still don't really know how... I might react to the heat um but I just focused on what I could control and I knew that I could control my own race and I I was sensible at the beginning and kind of stuck to like an effort that I knew what a marathon should feel like in the early stages then hopefully I would be okay and that's kind of what I did like I had a pace in mind but again until you start running in the conditions you don't really know what that's going to feel like um but it all went to plan kind of in the end with the pacing um, and I, I've never been like so diligent and strict at, <laughs> at the beginning of the marathon compared to like Valencia where I, I went out with a pacer who ended up running too quick and I just kind of took the risk and and that mm-hmm. paid off but with this one um, for me given the build and then the heat um, I really was like forgetting about everybody else and just focusing on on myself. How were you feeling going in then so I mean we can maybe we'll come back to the whole like Olympic experience but since we're on the race going in I mean I was nervous what I was nervous for you just thinking we were sitting watching and oh my god it's so hot they've had to bring it forward uh I mean how was did were you daunted were you how, how did that there must be such a bizarre experience in terms of emotions it, yeah there was definitely so many emotions because the bills had been been quite rocky in the end I think it then just made me, yeah, made me feel like nervous. But then I was excited because I was at the Olympics. Yeah. Um, but I mean, it was moved an hour earlier and that was done literally the night before. So then I was worried about the lack of sleep that I was already going to have and then had to minus an, an hour from that. So that was kind of threw me off as well. But again, like I just tried to focus on this is what the situation is. Um, this is what you can control. This is what you've got to work with. Um, yeah, and that was kind of the main mindset is not to kind of worry about things. Just, I felt quite relaxed, actually. Um, I managed to keep myself quite relaxed. Your pacing was, was, was amazing. I mean, I, seeing your, I, I guess you, you obviously got into a really nice rhythm and it looked like you were just, your 5K splits were just like ticking off like, like clockwork. Did you have to let people go? We you to, were you, was the field moving away from you? I mean, that, obviously it's not a mass, mass race. It's very different as well. Different field completely to where you led at the front of the trial. How, what was that like in that first half? 
yeah it was literally me watching everyone kind of at first I was like in the back of the group and then slowly everyone started to kind of eke away but I had mentally visualized that before I went in because I knew if I was going to run my own race then I had to be prepared to watch everyone else go and take a risk that hopefully I would stay strong and maybe other people might suffer a bit in the heat so that's that's what I did I was prepared for that to happen so when people did start to drift away um and especially kind of your own teammates you see them run away I was like that is what you envisaged before you went into this race this is not a surprise now yeah interesting that really helped when you know when when you as 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 Tom said we we touched on it last week we're singing your praises in terms of your your splits last week and uh yeah as uh, you know just metronomic it was brilliant to watch um and it makes a lot of sense to know that you visualized that because what you know it must have been you must have had it must have been a bit strange because you must have had a lot of people you're going past or like they're just slowly like just getting slower you know and 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 you're that must have been a bit of a you know and not obviously not your teammates but um but certainly seeing runners drop down or get you know I'm sure everyone was okay, but must have given you a little bit of a confidence booster when you. you yeah, you <laughs> it was like funny because when I when I started overtaking people, people were quite spread out. Yeah. So I wasn't really aware of like how many people I was going by, and um, like you said, like it is quite. I saw a few people at the side of the road, and that and that wasn't really nice to see because yeah. you kind of want to make sure they're all right. But every person that I saw at the side of the road had, was with someone, or yeah. at least was still kind of walking and kind of mobile but just a bit like distressed by it um so yeah I wasn't really aware of like at all what kind of position I was in I was aware that I was making gains and I wasn't really aware of anyone coming past me but it was quite funny because I kind of just had in my mind right get to that person ahead and then you can run with them for a bit and I got I got approached people and actually I kind of then would realize oh you're actually moving through the field because they're actually running slower than you like my mental brain didn't think at the time well obviously they're running a bit slower because you just caught them I was more thinking like just get to them and then you can kind of stay at the the same pace for for a bit but actually like as you were saying with my splits they were quite consistent and I managed just to keep that rhythm the whole way through even at the end when the last four or five k I was struggling um everything just felt really heavy like like it does at the end of a marathon I think I knew at that point as well I had just given it my all um like I my I was saying to my friends and people after like my body was doing this top of my head was doing this weird thing where it was almost like rock back okay and I think I was trying to pull my posture forward to keep running I think it was probably just the heat everything was just probably so tired and drained and maybe other parts of my body pulling on my upper shoulders and everything but I was really aware of my posture Mm. changing at the end of the race and I've never experienced that before and I felt when I was going down that finish line like I was moving so slowly so I was actually quite surprised to see that my split was actually pretty consistent with the rest of the race so it was a very weird experience at the end (laughs) and you you looked at i mean coming down the finish you looked you didn't look yeah you looked like someone who'd run a marathon in brutal conditions but you looked you looked like you were coming strong and you it was you looked delighted to cross the line i think you gave it like a sort of like hands up or something just superb (laughs) i think i might have stopped like a fraction before the line because (laughs) i was just like oh i'm so glad to be done (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and what about what I'm interested about then on the again before we go to the, the Olympic experience, but for the race, I think it's really interesting for people who are preparing for hot marathons. How did you adjust? Did you adjust your feeling at all compared to what you did usually, or how did you feel? I should say. So I feel like quite regularly actually. Um, the advice I kind of got was, I knew that I was probably going to take around about four gels, but I also had advice that if you need to take on more, just take it as as you feel like it. When I run, I tend to take not a lot on at one time anyway. So it's more, especially for this marathon, it was very like I was taking on little, but very often. So we actually had 11 personal drink stations throughout the course. And they were, apart from the first one, they were all manned by someone from uh, British Athletics because it was a, a kind of lap circuit. So they were able to do that. Mm. So I'd like strapped um, a gel to each each bottle. I had either, like a carb drink or an electrolyte drink in there. I'd put a flannel in each bottle so that when I could when I grab my bottle I could then cool myself like wipe all the sweat and cool myself down a bit with that 
Um, and then there was loads of ice bags around the course. But every time I picked up a bottle, I always took my gel off. I think at one point I was I had about four gels in my bra and I was like, this is quite heavy. <laughs> so I was like discarding gels. Um, I got a bit sick of the electrolyte drinks. So then I was just taking the bottles of water because I find just something really cold on your mouth was also just mentally, you felt like you were getting that kind of refreshing, cooling effect. And then you could pour the cold water over your head. And the bags of ice were amazing. Like I would just pick them up and kind of burst them open and, and put them on top of my head. Um, and on my neck so I was just doing that virtually at every station and that as well mentally was a really good way to kind of tick off the race because it was just like right get around to that next fueling station you're going to pick up your drink from from Robert or whoever was on the station you're going to then go past and grab an ice bag and discard of your bottle and so there was it was like a, a process as I was going through as well so that also was just a lot to think about as you're going through the race but I mean, before I went in, I was like, you just need to concentrate on like the pacing, the effort and keeping cool and hydrating well. And that's all I thought about throughout the race. I didn't really think about anybody else. That's brilliant. One, one you, you, you nailed the question, Tom, because I was going to ask that question. But another similar question you just touched on is um, pacing versus effort. Um, now, obviously, the heat, adjust, the, the, the heat will adjust your, your pace, but were you always going in with a particular effort level? You know, like obviously if it was colder, you would, did, did that effort level stay the same throughout the race or did it feel harder at the start or did it feel, you know, and then it, it got easier? What, what did that kind of effort feel like um, when, when it came to the race? So I always use my heart rate as a bit of a gauge. Okay. Um, mm-hmm. Interesting. So I never, I never race on heart rate, yeah. but I, I'm a, I know what roughly what my, my heart rate should be in the likes of a marathon yeah. and what how long I can hold a set heart rate and my heart rate ranges so for the first for the first half at least I was very kind of in, in tune with that and my heart rate was sitting at a really good level for the for the first half and it was yeah. kind of like maybe I could push on but I would then was tuning in with my my effort my RPE and yeah that was telling me like not to push on quite yet even though the first the first 15k actually felt great I remember thinking to myself I'm having an amazing time yeah. I like I didn't wasn't thinking about the heat it just felt really really comfortable and then quite quickly around about 16 to 18k it started to kind of not bite I was worried but I was like oh my legs are feeling a little bit heavier now than I thought they would be and then I went through the next 20k I was going in and out of like oh I feel amazing oh that's that's feeling really tough so that's when I kind of knew like when I was going out in and out of these waves like maybe it's not time to try and push it because you don't know if you it's going to bite again like could that be it yeah so it was kind of heart rate was a good measure for the first for the first bit just to get the effort right but equally, I wouldn't have used heart rate the whole time because I wouldn't want to kind of limit my performance either. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So by the end, I wasn't the last 10, 15K, I wasn't thinking about heart rate. I was thinking about well, this is how I feel. This is yes. how much longer I've got to go. And the course was quite handy because it was essentially was like three loops of the same bit. Um, the first loop was slightly bigger, but it crossed over the smaller loops. So I could I knew visually what I was going to be coming to later in the race as well. Mm-hmm. So that really helped. Yeah, amazing. And 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 as a race, I mean, I guess it's how did how how do you gauge your result? I mean, we're we're sitting here going, what an amazing performance! First Brit home at the Olympics, 39th at the Olympics. I mean, these are amazing <laughs> stats. How do you how did you feel about it? What was you? How do you feel about the result? I'm really happy with the result because I honestly, I honestly didn't know how it was how it was going to go. It just the build was just one thing after another. Compared to Q, where I went in, just it felt really like the, the few months before that, a couple months before that had been smooth. And then the contrast was, yeah, it was just different. So I just wasn't sure. So I was really, really happy with the outcome. I, I never thought I'd be first Brit home. Um, it was a goal of mine after I finished trials. But then as things progressed throughout training, I was like, I, I don't know how everyone else is doing. So I just wasn't sure. So yeah, I was really happy. But it's funny when you speak to people who maybe don't follow running as closely and like they'll come home and they're like oh did you get pb Where did you come? you're like no i didn't get pb and i came 39th and they're like hmm 
Cool. <laughs> but do you know what? There's an, there's a sort of this is analysis I've not done, but I would love to. Is I bet I would love to see the the I don't know. If there's a way to normalize people's run against their PB. I mean, if you look at you know you look at the girl, you look at like Savannah. I loved your photo with uh with uh with Molly at the the finish. Look at someone like that. It was you know she's she's mixing it with girls who are ten minutes quicker than her on paper. So I think for you, I mean, it's an amazing, I think, I think it's an amazing run, a really good result. And I didn't know all the context of your difficulties in the build-up, no. which make it even more impressive. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I think that, as you say, if I look, I mean, the girls that, that won it didn't even run my PB. So I would usually be, like their PBs are kind of 10 minutes ahead yeah. of me. And I was nine minutes or so behind them in the race. So I guess when I look at it like that, I'm like, oh, well, actually... That was that was pretty good going. I mean, I think a cure I could have probably, if it had been a, a maybe a, a different kind of race environment, I might I think I could have run quicker. Yeah. But um, and it's and it's a shame maybe I didn't feel like that going into the to the Olympics. But um, that's what happens in running, and you just got to kind of roll with what you've got. But my determination was just to get get there. I wasn't I wasn't going to miss that opportunity. And, and, also, but what's it? That's interesting is when you look at the you know your. In, in terms of your position versus another couple of minutes, you'd have been in like basically low top 20s. You know, it was so yeah. stacked. Like every, it was such a, there's so much depth within those nine minutes, you know, an extra three, four minutes, you'd have been in the top 10. Like, you know, it was just maybe not a top 10, but you would have been, it's not, it's for, for such a long race, that's not actually that, that long, a, you know, that, that long a duration at all. Um, yeah. Yeah. I think, yeah, definitely taking a lot of confidence from that. And a lot of people did, as you say, you know, the, their, their 10 minutes slower than their time. It's uh, it's, it's amazing, you know, your, your performance. So what do you think, um, maybe a tough question to ask, but what, what's your what's your kind of lessons learned from, from you know, your, your race performance, either the execution of it or your, you know, other, other than your setbacks you've had, would you do anything differently in, other than not get injured, then just <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, I think my well, my advice to other people would be like just to have some trust in yourself, um, and yeah, believe in yourself and and make your own plan and and don't be afraid to execute it. I mean, that's something that I was quite nervous about in such a big race, where I wanted to to place well. Um, is staying strong and executing what you think you can do. Um, and I think I learned like that paid off and I'll definitely do that going forward even in training sessions like sometimes when you're feeling tired like just execute it the way you think it's going to work for you and then you can bank something that's that's yeah. good yeah and what and what about then off the let's say off the track uh what tell us about the Olympic experience I mean you were because you get you obviously you had the benefit of being in the village, but I guess you're also up at Sapporo for the the marathon squad. What was what and then even coming to yesterday with your with the team GB homecoming, what's that Olympic experience been like for you? So it's been like totally mixed. And if you'd asked me like before the games, my answer would before the race would have been different now. Oh, right. Um like the we had the most amazing end. Like after the race, we flew back to Tokyo. Uh, the day after and then we got to go to the closing ceremony and we got to experience some of the village which we hadn't experienced at all before we went ah. to Sapporo we basically flew went to the British Athletics prep camp which was great it was really well organized the food and stuff was great the hotel was awesome there was a, it was a bit challenging when we got there with the running routes because we were basically given an hour slot to run on a golf course and as you can imagine as marathon runners that doesn't really work that well yeah. but we got over that hurdle and they we then actually got into the main village just to do some runs we, we couldn't explore really around but we got to kind of see it and take it in so that was pretty cool and then we flew up to Sapporo and it was a bit of a shock because it, there was just there was just no atmosphere there was no kind of acknowledgement of this is the olympics um the hotel itself was absolutely fine the rooms were lovely but tiny uh, i was sharing with jess and we were literally on top of each other the whole time there was nowhere to unpack <laughs> our bags and everything so um we had a system and it, and it worked in the end and um, the food was was not great um but to be honest like i look back on that 
And maybe that wasn't a bad thing because then we just focused on the race. Mm-hmm. And then we had the amazing ending at the end to kind of celebrate and come home to. Um, so, yeah, it was a bit like an emotional roller coaster. And then the two weeks I was in Japan before the race, I then had another issue with my, had an issue with my shins. So that oh. was uh, quite, um, yeah, that was a bit of um, a worry at one point. But again, we got there. So that was obviously like up and down emotions again. But the team we were with was, was small and everyone was so nice. And there was a really good vibe, like a supportive vibe there. And we had a really good team around us to make sure that we did everything we could to, to feel good as good as we could to get to that start line. So looking back on the experience, it definitely was mixed, but um, it was amazing. And the ending with going to the closing ceremony was, was a great way to kind of see it all out. That is cool. Well, you're just going to have to go to Paris then. Or, ca- exactly. or come to I Paris. I have so much say. fire in my belly. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. I love it. Well, on that note, what is next then? What, I mean, I guess you're, I hope you're enjoying some recovery now. We know there's been some interesting news about London and some trials, which is a bit, which we're, I'd be keen to hear your opinion on that. But what, so what's next? So next is rest. <laughs> rest <laughs> and like fully recover and, and feel good. It's weird because I'm really eager to get back. But at the same time, I'm just excited about planning it at the moment. I, I feel like my body and like physically and mentally, I need just some more time. So we're going to rest and recover. And then I'd really like to do half at some point before the end of the year, get a good half in. I had a good one um, before Q, so it would be good to kind of, yeah, put that on paper. Um, and then we'll have to see what the protocol is, if you were just saying with the worlds and commies and Europeans all taking place at the same time. So it'd be a case of trying to make the team for one of those events and just working out um, how I can fit in with the policies to make sure that I can I can qualify. I believe my time from Q counts, but I think it just depend if the trials, races and et cetera. And as you're saying, I think the first person from London, if they run the time, will be guaranteed a spot. But um, I think that still means two are up for grabs. So we'll maybe try and plan to do another marathon early next year. So that would be so ideally, ideally Eugene. Then, is that the preference? Don't, don't, don't. Well, I'm, 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 no. <laughs> I mean, having been to Eugene, I can say that is somewhere you want to go and run. I mean, and it's a yeah, world champion I think course. It would, be, it would be exactly. It would be absolutely incredible. Um, I just and I've never had a Scotland vest, and to compete at Birmingham wow, with a home okay. home crowd yeah, would be true. really cool. So, yeah, I think it's just. I'll see where my fate lies. <laughs> is there any, what's the timing like between them? Is there any, I guess it's, it's impossible to, for marathon. Yeah, it's impossible. It? If you're a track athlete, I think it's fine. But as um, a marathon runner, there's just, there's no way. I think there's, there's literally like three, four weeks between them all. Ideally, so, um, ideally what you want is to, them to say to you, what one do you want to do? And then you just go and do yeah, it. Well, that's, that's, that's the dream. That'd be the That's dream. the dream. Yeah. <laughs> so just gonna yeah try and run as hard as I can between between now yeah. and then and Brilliant. see what if I get selected for anything. Brilliant. Well, Stephanie, it's been brilliant having you on the show. This is your second time on the show, and uh, yeah, it's like it's great to have an Olympian. You know, a, a, a Tokyo <laughs> Olympian on the show. I know. Is, uh, I'm starstruck. Yeah. Uh, and <laughs> I, I I didn't have the. I didn't have the opportunity to, to chat to you in the first interview, but I, I've got to say, I think, you know, looking back on, you know, in the years, uh, the Isle of Man Easter festival running, I, I wonder, I, I think, I, I think you ran or you were, you were there when I was taking part. So, um, but little did I know, you know, I would have been, I would have been rubbing shoulders with an Olympian back then. Uh, <laughs> maybe, but, Seems yeah. so long ago now running oh, around the Isle of Man. It's great. <laughs> <laughs> it's a play you, you can't plan those uh, races anymore you know that you're an olympian you know you no <laughs> exactly, exactly yeah. my coach would have a heart attack <laughs> <laughs> just leave it to tom and i to to go oh back. yeah exactly sweep those up yeah. well th- well thank you yeah thanks again for coming on it's great to hear from you and uh yeah rest up well and we look forward to we'll catch up with you uh hopefully to hear what you're doing next year definitely thanks for having me great stuff Awesome. See you later. Thanks. Thanks, Steph. Bye-bye. Bye. 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 Brilliant. Thanks so much for coming on the show, Steph. It's awesome to 
to hear from you. Uh, first time I've chatted to you. Uh, and you've given me lots of fantastic advice for, for, this, uh, for this race I'm doing on the weekend, at the weekend. And it's, you know, advice even a few days out isn't even that bad. Eh? So hopefully it'll, it'll give me that extra edge when it comes to the race. Well, speaking of, of events, we, they're really coming back thick and fast now. And I guess we're going to go, we can go through really two things we want to cover from the weekend. I'll maybe start off. We had last, this weekend just passed was the, the 4J Studios National and Under, sorry, National Senior and Under 17 Track Champs, which was, um, there was some great coverage over the weekend. It was really cool to follow that. Um, it's, there's a, I mean, it's a, there's a heap of results. We're not going to go through them all. Um Let's pick our favourites. I want to pick. I'm going to start with the uh, women's five thousand because you know me. I do like a, a distance event. That was a win for so Scottish champion Constance Nankerville, Edinburgh Uni, seventeen thirty eight. Second place was Yvonne McNairn, Giff McNorth AC, in seventeen forty seven, and third place was Nick Mulholland in Clyde AC in seventeen fifty six, which is great. Now my only. Th- Without any disrespect to those girls, great to see them out. Great to see the the champs back. I was so gutted to see to not see that. I was really excited. You know, we've seen both Annabelle and um, Annabelle and and more. I run run sub sixteen minutes at like fifteen. Was it fifteen forty six and fifteen forty eight? Right on the Commonwealth standard. So I was really excited to see those two go head to head. But we didn't see that. Um, But anyway, I'm sure they're biding their time. Exactly. But anyway, well done to the those girls who did do that. That was that was really good. Well, moving on to the the male gender for the 5,000 metre, your Scottish champion is your man, Jamie Crow, interview of the show, 1419. And uh, here, here he is again, Tommy. Alistair Hay, big Al Hay, still, still getting in, in amongst the medals there, 1428. And uh, Tom Graham Marr, it's not a name I've come across, um, Central AC again. So the yellow train sweeps the top three places up for the Scottish 5,000 metre championships. And Tom finished in fourteen thirty four there, so uh, let's let's do a couple more results. Uh, well, so I'll go I'll go women's fifteen hundred meters. Uh, that was a win and Scottish championship for Sarah Calvert, Edinburgh Uni, four fourteen fifty nine. Second place was Catherine Gillespie, Central AC, four eighteen forty four, and third place was TRS Runner of the Year two thousand twenty, Megan Keith, Inverness wow. Harriers, in four nineteen. 99 for a, a Scottish bronze medal, which is which is brilliant for Megan and and Catherine. I mean, that's really those three are that's a that's a, a strong uh, strong top three there. Yeah, absolutely promising and top three. And and your 1500 male uh, senior male Scottish champion goes to Ben Portricus in Verclyde AC 350.88. Ben McMillan Central AC 351.7 and Jamie McKinnon. Canvas Lang hires 352.3. I don't know why I'm saying your point threes and stuff, but there you go. Uh, a special mention to, to Miles Edwards, a fifth place. That was Indeed. Uh, it's good to see him back on the track again. And um, yeah, I, I thought he was going marathon, but he's he's back down to the shorter distances. Maybe he is, maybe he's just getting the speed back in the legs there. But yeah, good to see Miles. You know, he's uh, you know, child number two now. So uh, yeah. Good job, um, and I'm sure you're shuffling, juggling your parenthood and you're running awfully well at the moment. So, good, well done to Miles there as well. It was also on the weekend, the Junior Hill Running Champs. Now, um, you want to go for that one, Kyle? Well, I, I don't think many juniors listen. Or, you know, well, you threw it in the notes, so you're obviously probably, more informed than that. <laughs> probably no interest in listening to our ramblings and I'm not sure it's fit for junior junior years, but uh, I think I think we do a good job of keeping it keeping it well rounded and and accessible. But uh, but yeah, I mean you know in the juniors we had Isla Headley who was first across the line in under seventeen. Um, so yeah, well done to Isla. Uh, Scotland Internet Scout Adkin was running um, as well. I don't know she said first. I have no idea. Oh, am I, am I getting this wrong? Like, I should really look at the results. In fact, do you know what? I'll, no, hold on. Sorry, folks. We are having an absolute mare. Holy moly. Right. Under 20 male, Sam Griffin first. Well done, Sam. Aberdeen AC. Stru- Struan Bennett, Fife AC. Ewan Rollo and Vanessa Harrier. So that's your 
your top three under 20 male champions. Uh, under 20 female champion is Georgia Lidingham, Christorfin AC, Pippa Carcass, Edinburgh AC, and third is Anna Dalgleish. Let's go back again. I think I got to under 17 male. Angus Wright, Team East Lothian. Uh, Archie McRonald was second, and Zico Field was third. Under 17 female, Isla Headley. I wonder if, yeah, this is where we got to before. First, Fife AC. Second, Beth Urquhart. Murray Roadrunners. One, the North, Isla Patterson, Gala Harriers. So we're just going to go um, to there. And we've also got some some interest from the, the Scaffold Trail Marathon, which was a, a trial race for the World Mountain and Trail Long Distance Championships, which is going to be later in the year. But I think that event has actually been postponed until next year because it's, it's it, it forms part of the the World Trail Running Championships as well. Um, but I did see there was an article saying it's been postponed until potentially mm. next year in Thailand. Uh, but Andy Douglas got a third, second place in 3.35.01 with uh, Tom Adams taking the win there. Uh, in the women's event, we had Georgia Tindley got a third place in 4.24 from Eleanor Davies in 4.08. And Nicola Jackson, who was second in 424. Uh, a special shout out to Chloe Sangster, who was running and um, been supporting her journey. And she got a, a 12th place, which was great result from Chloe. And uh, yeah, took a little tumble, but, uh, you know, brushed herself off and kept going. So real promising uh, run from Chloe as well. And uh, she's had a, a stellar running season so far, despite it being, um, you know, not that many races on the calendar. So well done, Chloe. So honourable mention, not results, but honourable mention this week goes to, firstly, to Carnethy, who in, uh, I think it was in 24 hours, had all their, had a lot, well, not all of it, looked like all their members out running Munro's to run all the Munro's in 24 hours, which is a fantastic feat. Really exciting to follow that on social media. A great initiative, great to see clubs doing that. So well done to them. Second honourable mention goes to Garth Cube, who it looks like did a virtual West Highland Way on the weekend, which was really cool. I think it was a relay form, so that was really good. And it really these things really brought back memories of me for me when we did uh, Metro, we did our coast to coast run. So uh, clubs, if you've got anything like that coming up, let us know. Uh, we'd love to to hear and, and report on it. Um, that would be that would be great. The last thing I'd like to throw, so two things. Firstly, uh, we're not going to go on results, but superb news that. Parkman is back. That's great. Always delighted to see Parkman back. So I'm sure I saw some photos across Scotland. It looks like everyone was pouring out and back on their local Parkmans, which was a, a joy to behold. The second bit of joy news, a joy to behold, and I'm sure Kyle will be back next week uh, as well in his, wow. uh, as part of his recovery. Not, maybe with two buggies, perhaps. Now, yeah. the next thing I want to talk to you about, Kyle, before we wrap, is is the the news that we saw last week of the World Championship squads selection policy for the world champ for the world championships, which we touched on briefly with Steph. Very bizarre. They released it last Friday, which was about a week after the Olympics, and the policy was such that first Brit to finish at the Olympics, if they were top sixteen, would be automatically qualified, and first Brit at the London Marathon, provided they have the standard, would be select will be selected for Eugene. Now. London, obviously, the Olympics already happened, so forget about that. Maybe they announced it beforehand, but from what I can see, they really announced it last week. I'm sure, anyway, that's neither here nor there. But the London one's a bit bizarre because, A, London's only eight weeks away. So to announce to a group of athletes that that's your, your selection race is only eight weeks away is pretty short notice. And secondly, what about the likes of, take someone like Steph, who's just run at the Olympics for a country and is now being told, oh, by the way, if you want to get an automatic spot for for the world champs you've got eight weeks to recover and get into shape so quite rightly she's not playing that game she's going to have her own recovery and target a race next year but for me i found it a very bizarre i don't i don't understand after the huge success that was the olympic trial why they don't just say right we're going to go for a another Olymp another trial format next year i mean kew gardens was a good success uh the northwest is more than capable of of, of hosting an event of that of that sort of Standard. Look at the Cheshire Marathon. I mean, that that that's yeah. that's got trial written all over it. So, I don't know what you think, but I just thought it was very bizarre that they they're doing that. And the question I would ask is, who is going to run the trial now? That's a good you know, question. Um, I mean, you're right. You know, eight weeks isn't a long time for a marathon block, and especially you know, it, it, if I was if somebody said to me, you know, I had the opportunity and the potential to get in the the team, 
and I wasn't in, and I had other plans. You know, everyone, people, most runners, most people plan the races at least two or three months out. Mm-hmm. Any anything less than that would be a short term race that happens to be part of your build. Um, but yeah, I would. I don't think you're gonna have. I mean, people will have to just adapt. You know, like a bit. It, it gives. You'll have certain athletes who are going to have an advantage from that, though, because they're probably training for an marathon anyway. Yeah, and, and absolutely. Then have, and then you'll have the ones who will be like, you know what, COVID's been rough. Let's just focus on the build during the winter, and then hopefully there'll be a trial at the start of the year, either in the format we just spoke about or one of the races, and we it's tagged along as part of the trial. Um, I personally think it's quite unfair, um, but and and also, you know, how easy is it to get into these races? You know, if you're yeah, will will, will some of the potential athletes who will will they be able to enter? I don't know. I think elite entry shut for London, and you're absolutely right. If you're two, they've been announced, and if 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 you're not like someone like, let's say for example, Kenny Wilson. I know he's he's two eighteen. He's you know I don't know what the standard. Uh, ro- ro- well, Robert Jamie Jamie get. Jamie Crowe's got an elite injury yeah. at uh, London. Let, let's see, two eighteen. Does he? Who knows how he'll go? But will he get an entry? I don't know. Or yeah, imagine if he exactly. Imagine he was running an ultramarathon anyway, not London. They see this announcement at eight weeks. He's going to be in shape anyway. Fortunately, imagine if that was the case. Yeah. He says, "Oh, actually, yeah, I, would, I wouldn't mind just pivoting to do London instead, so I can get the have a shot." How would that? Um, are, yeah. are they? Are they? Are they opening up? I don't know. I'd I'd hope they would be. Like, uh, is there a, a qualifying time to get into the trial? As is, you know, year. But you shouldn't need that because at London, you've always the beauty of London. Oh, I see what you mean, yeah, because the trial is. But the beauty of London, maybe not on the women's side, but on the men's side, championship race. Any any British club runner, let's be honest, any British club runner, you can get a space. I, I know a lot of people say, oh yeah, there's the standards, but. T- we're talking about competing. If you're competing for Brit- for a squad, your 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 times are capable of getting you in there. It's two forty five for a championship field. I mean, even from the championship line, you could it wouldn't be ideal, but you could potentially race a time there. Um, yeah. But the women, it's not the same. It's just weird. The timing is very bizarre. Yeah. It's when when is the the race? Is it in third of October? No, the 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 world. Oh, Champ- the world. So the world. I think they're in June. I understand that the qualification window shuts at the end of February, so that's probably why they're not doing London 2021. But they still do a trial, do a trial yeah. race. The, you yeah. know, again, the sport needs. I just think the sport needs a bit more innovation at times, and 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 things like that that get you watching. We all had a great day watching the the Olympic trial. Oh, we were commentating for hours on it. Exactly, and yeah, so man. to go to now to go and like put it back to the bog standard London format feels a bit where it's kind of lost amongst people dressed as fridges and. The, the 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 West African uh, East African sorry parade going at fast times the yeah. the British Championship races all, it was just quite often lost so I was very I was quite disappointed to see that and I think that I mean it's it's another letdown from uh, British athletics really um, yeah anyway yeah. let's see how it unfolds um, London will be interesting one to watch yeah yeah well one, for, yeah. Gives, any other any other no. Nope. I've got nay na- gossip, nay gossip. I'm ho- I'm looking forward to. Last thing, how can I watch this race on Saturday? Oh, that's a good question. I, I, do you know what? I'll send the link over. I've, I should. Oh, really... There is coverage. Oh, sweet. Okay. Well, maybe not. It's, it's not your uh, Olympic coverage, but there's a tracker anyway. Eh? So yeah, I'll, uh, I'll, that's I'll good. Send, send it to me, and I'll throw up on the the, the Twitter, and we'll do a bit of live uh, tweeting well, on the weekend. I'm having a poor race. Let's just uh, yeah, let's not. So there you go. So let me rephrase that, listeners. If you want to follow Kyle on the weekend, tune in, follow the TRS Twitter account on Saturday. There'll be some. <laughs> there'll be some form of following going on. <laughs> and maybe even a maybe even a video of uh, a, a phone call at the end. Oh, who knows? Eh? Yeah, there, there you go. That's a, a rare treat for you. Eh? Result pending. Yeah. But anyway, well, Kyle, good luck on the weekend. Good luck with the rest much. of the preparation. And uh, I think you you can go in with your head held high. The, the prep's been the prep's been good. You've got your you've got your two L's to to run for. So yes. just one L in one hand. <laughs> Why do you do it, put an L in both hands? That's a good. They are confuse me. <laughs> <laughs> but why is it too? Uh, just one L means love, Logan, Lennox, and hopefully not a loser. Yeah, nice. <laughs> right.
Well, thanks for listening, folks. And uh, yeah, I, I'm sure if you want to follow follow the Twitter feed, crack on. Tommy will be at it. I'm sure we'll get the. I'm sure someone will give me a phone. I'll I'll send a selfie over. Perfect. Let you know I'll how say, things are going. Give me Debbie can, Martin Gonzalez's number. She can send a selfie. She can send Aye. a picture of you live. There you go, live, eh? Live. Right, well, folks, thanks again. And uh, yeah, we'll catch up with you next week.